Ladies and gentlemen, episode number four, Gene Therapy. I am Coach Gene Clemens. Thank you for joining me, um, and thank you for joining us at the CWN Sports. Um, appreciate them being able to host this pod. And if you haven't seen the, the Gene Therapy um, column this week, make sure that you check that out and, and every other um, column that I'm doing over there on CWN Sports. Um, really do appreciate you guys joining me every week, get into my head and start thinking about some of the stuff that I have swimming around here. And, and this week, I am blessed. I'm, I'm joined by the um, editor, an editor at the Draft Wire and the Bucks Wire, um, a, a Tampa, a Tampa, Florida, a, a Tampa, Florida stalwart, um, Luke Easterly. Easterly, excuse me, um, Luke Easterly. Luke, thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. Gene, it's my pleasure, man. Thanks. I can't believe all of a sudden I can't like say Easterling without like some some weird, all, some weird ly I, on the end. I I've know. heard every different version of it at this point. It's all good, man. That's that's it's. I'm here. <laughs> yeah. No. So your so your um pronunciation is probably the same as my spelling because people mess up Gene all the time, which I think is really interesting because there's not really too many. I was going to say, how did you mess up Gene? Yeah, it's, they, it's, it's always a J-E-A-N or a G-E-A-N or a G, or, or I'm a Eugene, you know, like, and then they never, they never spell my last name right because there's like an E and an M and it's like, is it two M's, is it E-N-S, is it E-N-T? It's no, always something. Messing up Gene feels like it's like Starbucks just messing with you. You know how they like they'll write your name wrong on purpose just to mess with you on the cup. Like, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. what it feels like. It's just like how do you get Gene wrong unless you're trying to make like just mess with me? Well, no, it's it's funny too because <laughs> I'll tell people I'll tell people, hey, you know, it's Gene, and I usually when I when I introduce myself, I'm like Gene, like you know, Blue Gene, Billy Gene, but spelt like chromosome Gene. And I am I'm operating on the assumption that they know what that they know what that is. is. <laughs> so that becomes an that becomes an issue. It's like once giving people too much credit, Gene. Yeah, you know, there's a reason why they tell you to write to a certain you know reading level when you're when you're in in, in journalism. So I think it's interesting. Sometimes we we give people more credit than what they what they deserve and. One of the things that I was talking about this week in my column was the fact that the game, it's, it's been, it's changed a while ago, but it really is today where the writer and or the personality that report that reports the news is just as much a part of the news as the things that they're reporting. Obviously, how how you grew up, the way you were educated, the way I was educated in journalism, this wasn't the case. It was always a certain a certain separation that you had to have as a journalist in order to be taken seriously. There was a level of impartiality that you had to always exhibit in order to be taken seriously that absolutely positively does not exist anymore. Um, one of the reasons I wanted to have you know, Luke on is not just because, you know, he's, he's just a really fly dude and, you know, we're Tampa people and it, it'd just be fun to have a conversation. Although it quite honestly, it is because he has, he has interesting takes. We, you know, we agree on some things, we disagree on some things. And I think that's the greatest um, part of what we do is you can have respect and admiration for people, but not always just follow every single thing that they say. 
I know there are things that I believe or I say that he absolutely does not agree with. And there are things that he says that I don't particularly agree with. But when you and I think, Luke, you said it, you said it best. You said when when you come from when it comes from respect, you can at least feel comfortable having conversations with certain people. I'm going to put really fly dude in my Twitter bio as soon as this conversation is over. I hope you know that. I, I mean, if you don't. <laughs> I'm going to put it. I'm just going to go and just keep. Yeah, I'm just going to. I'm going to put it in quotes. Really fly dude. It's all good. (laughs) (laughs) No, man, I completely agree with you, man. That's again, it's when you're able to have those conversations in a way that you know feels like less of a confrontation and more of an opportunity to you know when you know that you're not going to be willfully misunderstood. You know what I mean? Like when I I know when you and I have a conversation, there's that that mutual respect and that effort and that understanding and being open to that. I know that you're not going to just, and me as well, we're not going to just try to misunderstand each other on purpose because we're just unmovable from what we think. And I think that has a lot to do with it. People, you know, too many people can enter a conversation already convinced of something. And that's, if that's all you're interested in, it's hard to have a dialogue. You know what I mean? I think that's the part of, as, as we, as we transition, I think that's a part of, when you learn how to do investigative journalism, um, you go in like everybody, like everybody does. You go in with an with an idea of what you may find, but as you begin to collect evidence and you see things that contradict, you don't hold on to that thought process. You let it naturally move to whatever level it needs to move move to. Those that was one of the things that I really enjoyed about learning. The intricacies of journalism was that there were there were these different caveats on how you're supposed to go about your job. And one of them was the idea of community journalism, you know, versus you know versus investigative journalism, versus column writing, and what we found in this world that we live in with with everybody being able to create their own outlet, mm-hmm. where you don't where the line between columnist and reporter has, has essentially, it's not been blurred. It's, it's been smushed together. You get these, you get these pieces now that tend to mix both together almost to a point where when you see a hard news story, it's kind of boring. (laughs) Like it's almost like, really, that's it. That's all. That's all you're going to say. Like it's just a nice little quick little, 350 to 400 words this is what happened you you don't understand what i'm saying right yeah this is what happened this is how it might impact things going forward you're like what there's no there's no pitch here yeah there's no there's no take there's no turn there's no well but and and so i think i think that what happened for for a lot of what the the industry did was when it became the eyeballs needed well it was always the eyeballs needed to be on the paper because the paper was selling advertisements, blah, blah, right, blah, right. Blah. But when it when it became more digital and it became no, we're not we're not actually like judging by how good your work is. We're judging by how many people engage with that work. Yeah, the That's writing what, the writing can be whatever it is. As long as you have the SEO boxes filled out right, you're good to go. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And that's where that's where things really just changed. And that's where the term clickbait came about, which I think is hilarious because I think <laughs> that 
clickbait has has always existed. <laughs> um, it was just you know, it was just a way for you to grab the newspaper. Instead, now you're clicking on whatever link to go to you know that that page. But there have always been headlines that have been sensationalized just to get people to pick up the newspaper. So I don't understand why it was, it's all of a sudden become an issue or why it all of a sudden became an issue when people were doing that to get you to click on their site to meet it. It felt like it was a lot less, you know, a lot less trouble. I click on it. It doesn't say what I wanted to say. I, I leave. <laughs> That's what, and that's, again, I think that when I have heard that term before, and when, again, it's you, I'm sure you've had the same thing. When, when someone responds to what you have written with that, that accusation, right? I have always understood clickbait as being, I lied to you in the headline. Clickbait is when the headline tells you that you're going to find something that you don't find in, in the article. That's, that's what I have defined. Again, if if other people define it differently, as in, as in, like you said, I think there's a difference maybe between a sensationalized headline in which I'm trying to find a way to, to take what's in this story and give it a clever, a clever uh, cover so that people will be like, Oh, that's, that's ridiculous. Or that's interesting. Let me see what's in that. And they may find what they're looking for. I didn't, that headline might be a little bit sensational, but it didn't necessarily lie to you. If I say, this is what's in this story and you click on it, like you said, you don't, you don't find that like that's clickbait to me. Again, I don't know if other people would define it differently as far as, you know, it maybe being overly dramatic in the headline, but as long as the story is about what the headline says, I, I really could care less what the head says if it matches the story. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I think, but I think that's where I think that's where people just go to whatever the lowest common denominator is. Right. Yep. You know, the, the there's a reason why they call it low hanging fruit. It's because it's easy to pick. And so, I think that when we when we see people who, and again, for 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 the for for people that don't get it, I don't care. <laughs> like I don't really care. Like if you wanna if you wanna engage in what in, in the Luke Easterling Easterling's version of clickbait is, which I agree with one hundred percent. If you do that to me and I click on a link, and it's not what it has nothing to do with what you said it was going to have to do with. I'll just go back and continue on my day. However, what you've done is you've ensured that it's going to be harder for me to click on the next one. Exactly. I'm not, why would I come back? I don't know. Now I know. Now I know. Now I know. And so the, the idea behind, you know, clickbait is essentially cutting off your nose to spite your face. So I don't ever want to put something out there. That's not, that's not legitimate. Like I, I, I released a, um, I released a video yesterday talking about um, Deion Sanders' new, um, well, his his idea behind recruiting is that he 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 has a 40-40-20 model, and that's 40 percent of his scholarships going towards graduate transfers, forty percent going towards the 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 transfer pool, pool and twenty percent going towards high school. That's hugely different than the model that we've grown up with. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, my 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 thought process and putting it out wasn't to try to get headlines. So when I put in there, you know, um, Coach Prime's 40, 40, 20, the moment that you open up the video, I'm talking about 40, 40, 20. I'm not talking about, you know, oh, the the you know, the dancers and the band at Jackson State. 
I can care less about that. Like, right. I'm, I want to be able to give you the information that you need. But that's because I come and I, and I think it matters when you come from a journalistic background, which in today's in today's multimedia world, there's so many people that don't. There's a difference in the way in which we attack stories. Like I still try to get like get sources and stuff verified before I say things. <laughs> like I'm still in that what? mode. What? I am still in that mode. I don't just rant. And, and it's I know a lot of stuff that people tell me, and I, I always think this is hilarious when people who work in the industry at a certain level just believe that you don't have the access they have because they have ESPN or <laughs> Fox Sports behind their name or something, or because right. they have. 50,000 followers on whatever social media. Like, I always think it's interesting. Like, yeah, I don't think in the real world that stuff actually matters. I think I just know who I know. Exactly. And, yeah. And they we, tell me we, things. we sit at the table who we sit at the table with in Mobile. You know Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. There's a reason why we're there. And there's a reason why people allow you to be there is because they trust you. And so um, there are a lot of things that I don't, that I don't ever report. Because oh, absolutely, right? That's, the be- that's some of the best stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yo, if I really wanted to, I could, I could tell you some things, but mm-hmm. the 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 way in which I was brought up in this world was there. You 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 put things in the pocket because that's going to help you build the relationship that will allow you to get information that really should be out there. Well, and, and honestly, sorry to cut you off. No, um, go ahead. It reminds me of of kind of some things I've learned in um, about fiction writing. To be honest, like mm-hmm. when when someone sets out to write a novel, everything about those characters is not what necessarily what's in the book and on the page for the reader. There is so much information about those characters in the backstory and all of that that only the author will ever know, because it influences how they wrote those characters, right? How they make decisions, what their motivations are. Some of that is revealed, but not all of it. You know Absolutely. what I mean? So like. That's kind of how I feel from a journalistic standpoint. Like that information isn't necessarily going to go in the story, but it it can influence your understanding of the situation and how you write about it in the future because you know that stuff from behind the scenes, right? Yeah, and 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 it 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 can help you it can help you point people in the right direction to get the information that they really need, mm-hmm. not just the information that they think they want, but the information they really need. Like, hey. I could tell you that, you know, um, Dave Gettleman won't be back next year. I can tell you that there's speculation that that's going on, right? But right. what does that really matter? <laughs> like, right. <laughs> like, really, if you think that if you think that Dave Gettleman is the real legitimate problem with the Giants, you haven't been watching the Giants. Right. Like, it's not just him. He's like if you've. If you want to, if you want to bag on him about stuff, you can, but you can't just make it all about him. Because if you do, when they replace him and it's still bad, then who do you blame? You know, you just. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're starting to get into, and I know we're probably going to get to the social media aspect of this and how that influences things here in a minute, but that, that type of. You know, you could say like, oh, well, there's speculation. Dave, get it. Like, of course there is. We can see the product. We yeah. know, like that's just A to B. My my least favorite type of journalism that I feel like has has grown throughout isn't even the clickbait stuff. It's it's 
people who, again, a lot of times will have four letter networks attached to their names or whatever. And they'll, they'll put out stuff that's literally just like, you were talking about low hanging fruit. It's literally like the, the lowest common denominator, common sense connecting the dots and then putting sources say at the end of it to make it sound like you have some special information that literally anybody who pays attention to the NFL can say, well, of course, Matt Nagy might be fired at the end of the season. Why are you acting like you're telling me something that's, that's unique here because everybody can put two and two together. Everybody can see what's happening. Like, or they'll use words like, you know, this team may trade this player. Yeah. I may go get waffles, chicken and waffles for breakfast. I'm, I may not. I, there's so many ways in which they frame their quote unquote news stories that give them all these outs, right. To where, if it does happen, they'll quote tweet themselves and be like, Oh, see, I told y'all yep. this is going to happen. If it doesn't happen, you'll be like, well, I said, may, I said, it may happen. Yep. That's not, yep. you know? And so I know we're kind of getting in all these different directions here, but like, that's what it reminded me of is this, like, if you do start putting stuff out there like that, like people, you know, people are smart. They connect the dots. You don't need to act like, you have some special allies. I don't know. I, I could go on and on. Just... No, and it, but it, but it brings it, it brings us to that point of of the social media aspect of writing, uh, and 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 of of not even of writing, but of of journalism and how we as media are a part of the story. Right. Because what's happened is this is is this validation bias, you know. Um, I, I I say something and I just threw it out there because if I'm wrong, nobody really comes back and, and checks me on it. But if I'm right, I can bang my chest about it. Mm-hmm. And and it became it's become more about the opportunities to bang your chest about being right or being first or being, you know, the the, the number one person with it. And 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 then when you do that, the story really more becomes about you and not necessarily about whatever the subject matter was right. that was being discussed. But in a way, we almost have to make more stories, include us in it, because in the world that we live in, connection, connections to the to mm-hmm. the to the media member is is as valuable or probably more valuable than actual talent is so you get somebody i mean i see these guys all the time oh hey you know i just got this job at blah 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 you know you you read their you read their stuff or you watch their their content and you're like okay (laughs) (laughs) you're like okay but then you look at their 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 um you look at their numbers you look at their followers and then you go, okay, I get it. Like this person is bringing with them an audience, an audience. So the issue being that when we're, when we're bringing these audiences with us um, and, 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 or when we have an audience to bring with us, that opens more doors for us. Right. And so where I, me personally, I would love to just be able to produce content without having to worry about, whether or not I have a following, which was my, which was actually my, to my detriment starting off, because when I first, I've been on Twitter since Twitter was Twitter. Right. One, one of the reasons why I have my real name on Twitter at Gene Clemens and not at GC, you know, football, whatever. Is that, is that Gene with a J? 
No. It's Gene with a J <laughs> if you're a moron. No, I'm just... Yes, it's Gene. What's G-E-N-E. a chromosome, Gene? What's a chromosome? I don't know. I don't what is, what, are you, what are you that's talking about? <laughs> There's like one of those things that look like a ladder, right? The ladder, that ladder thing? Yeah. Um, sometimes the conversation before we come on, before we start, is is equally as good. Oh, absolutely. And I want to, I want to circle back to uh, what we were talking about before because I think it's important. But um, the idea of having to bring that following, I would when I first got on Twitter, I was not about just trying to collect followers. I was just about putting out good information. And like years went by, and my viewership, like like my my followers didn't really actually grow, even though I was doing more and more stuff. Right. And and it wasn't until maybe last year where I was like, I probably should start, you know, trying to get more followers. <laughs> you know, like, some, some brand recognition. Yeah, people look at me and they're just like, Yeah, you're just some random dude. And I'm like, I've kind of been in these treasures for a long time. Right. Um, so it was it was it was interesting when I finally made that that decision. I think I probably had like 600 followers for almost 10 years. Like, you know, that right. much of I'm not really trying to collect. Yeah, you're just plugging away. You're just doing I'm the work. Just, yeah, I'm just I'm just putting the work in and post some stuff that I have if you if you're interested, please take a look at it, you know, but my thought process was the people who know they know. Mm-hmm. And that was such a flawed logic because the people who know <laughs> know, but they also know that you don't have any followers. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, hey, Gene, I love Some, you, love your writing. But right. Sometimes they know, but they don't care. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh yeah, no, no, you're you're great, Gene. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Um, we'll we'll call you. Don't worry. And you're like, that that's it. That's <laughs> it. Yep. Um, yeah. Like, like. Is it interesting to you when you when you were because you made some changes um not too long ago, right? I have, and it's funny when you when you brought up the whole um, you know, talent versus audiences. Like, it, I don't know if I have an audience as much as I have. I have worked for pretty much every outlet imaginable at this point in my career. So I I started with a blog that I made for myself because I was going to school. And saw that things were starting to become outdated. And I was like, man, I'm going to have to like teach myself how to get ahead of this curve. And I'll, I'll never forget having a, I had an email conversation. I was trying to, you know, you, you, you try to swing way above your weight, right? You're like, I'm just going to try to get interviews with everybody. I remember, I remember trying to get an interview with Tony Dungy when he was the head coach in Indianapolis. And I was going to be up there. My wife, uh, my girlfriend at the time was living up in Indy. And, and I went up there. I was like, oh, I'm going to try to get there and, you know, interview Tony Dungy. And I got an email back from uh, the PR people and the Colts and they just, I mean, they laughed at me and told me like, when you have a a paper magazine, let me know. Like, and then we'll talk because that was legitimizing, right? That's what, if you didn't have something you could hold in your hands and buy at the, at the newsstand at Publix, you weren't real. You didn't exist. And what's, and, and I tried to have, I actually responded to him and I tried to have that conversation. I tried to say, listen, I I really don't think that's going to be where, where we are in 10 years. I, I don't think that that's going to be what people read or pe- what people want. I basically got laughed at. Um, but then, you know, so I made that blog and then I worked for uh, Bleacher Report. I worked for Scout. I worked for Draft Breakdown. I worked anywhere that would give me. And then finally where I am now at, at USA Today Sports Media, like I feel like it's so much more about, oh, that person remembered me from this 
time and they know that I know how to fill out the SEO right. So like, you know, it's so <laughs> it's as much about that. I won't say that I, you know, that I'm not good at my job. I, I know how to do the writing side of it well enough, but there's tons of people out there way more talented than I am at, at the work, at the writing. It's just, I have gleaned enough knowledge from working for so many different outlets. I work for fan sided. I've been like, I've taken bits and pieces from everywhere that when you put the whole together, that's what people say, Oh, he can get the job done because he knows all this other stuff. It's, it's a lot less about talent sometimes than it is just, Oh, that person remembered me from this job and now they're in a position of power. And so they're going to give me that chance. It's there's so many different elements to it, man. Absolutely. But I think also with that, you've been able to build audiences that have followed you from one place to another and then added more because of the name you were able to attach. Right. Right. That you is, know? I think that's also true. Absolutely. And, and so that that becomes, that becomes a thing, not only just being able to, you know, understand or, or being able to write, but then it becomes being able to understand how to like, how to, how to shape this thing the way that it's supposed to look out there in the, in the, in the verse. Right. Whatever, yeah. whatever the verse is, you know what I'm saying? And But then there's the part of now using the outlet that you're now associated with to further your, 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 your reach or your mm -hmm. marketability. And then take all of that, bundle it and say, Hey, here I am. Would you like to work with me? Right. You know, knowing that me means everything that I'm attached to. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I was telling someone, someone was like, Hey man, you know, your, um, you know, your, your little, little thing you do in the morning, man, that's cool. But you don't really get a lot of people, a lot of people watching. I was like, yeah. Um, I don't get a lot of people where you watch it at watching it. Right. Right. It's everywhere. Right. I was like, so I'm not really concerned on how many people I get right now at this stage of it at your at the one place where you watch it at right because it's at 50 different places mm -hmm. so all i need to do is show the numbers from those 50 different right because it all funnels together. in it all funnels in to one number <laughs> absolutely and so and, and and this is what i would tell people anybody out there that's looking to start a, a podcast or looking to start a blog or do something where you say there's not a lane for me i need to make my own lane until don't be discouraged by sharing like numbers. Like don't be embarrassed by small numbers because if there's one person that's listening, that means there's another thousand people that would listen once they know you exist. Like it's just a matter of time and it's a matter of consistency. That's the, that's the one thing that I've, I've gleaned from everything that I've learned in, 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 in media over these last I don't know, 16, 17 years um, that, I've, that I've done it professionally and, you know, 20, 20 years that I've been involved with it, you know, at all, is that consistency matters and get being able to find that one thing that's going to get your name out there so that other people can find you. Gene, um, there was a moment when you, brought, you just brought that up and it, it made me remember that when I had that blog, it was, it was called the draft report.com. That's what I was doing. I was doing draft stuff and had been for a while. And I mean, I was, I was, you know, obviously you're making no money. You're just writing for 
for the fun you're trying to get better but that was at the point where i've been doing that for a while and like now i'm trying to like okay i want i want people to see this i want to start to build maybe a career out of this i was working i mean i was just working a job right i was you know newly married uh, for a few years i think my daughter was very young at the time and i was just trying so hard to break through and i'll never forget i wrote a series of um of like scouting reports kind of like a matchup thing where it was like there was a bowl game coming up and i'd write I think it was Le'Veon Bell versus Manti Teo. Like they were going to play each other in a bowl game or something, some big game. And I wrote up this big, huge film breakdown. And I was like, strengths and weaknesses. I, I worked really, really hard on it. And I put it out there. And I remember checking the traffic like after like a day or two. And I'll never forget seeing that number six. Mm-hmm. It was a six. And it the font is burned into my mind, Gene, because I'm staring at six page views over like a 24, 36-hour period. And I'm just like, what the hell am I doing with my life? <laughs> like what, like <laughs> that, that was the moment where like it was make or break. Like in that moment, sitting in my chair at my little dining area in my little apartment, I was like, I had to make a decision right then. Like, am I going to keep banging my head against the wall for this? Or am I going to just, just stop and just be a regular dude who just does whatever, you know, job or, you know, and doesn't initiate a career that I felt like would fulfill me. Right because that's what I wanted to do. And I, I did, I had to have that conversation with myself in real time, staring at that damn screen <laughs> about whether or not I was going to continue to be consistent. Like you said, was I going to continue to put in the effort necessary absent the, the, the response absent mm-hmm. the adulation absent the, Oh, that was a great story or absent all the traffic numbers that make us feel great. Like none of that stuff was happening. But I had to make that decision right then that I wanted this enough and that I also enjoyed the work enough. I enjoyed watching football and talking about it and, re- and, and writing about it and learning more about it. I had to enjoy that process enough on its own to be able to continue to put the effort in to see the results that, uh, that thankfully I'm so blessed to enjoy now because of that moment, sitting in that chair, deciding that that number six was not going to get me to stop doing what I love to do and, and chasing after that career that I wanted. Absolutely. And I, and I think what we all, what we all are really looking for, like the, the numbers of validation, but I know I don't, it's probably the same for you. Cause I feel like it's just the same for most, most people who come from a journalistic background, the connect, the connection that you make with people when they say, man, I really enjoy your work. Yes, absolutely. Like that's the part I've, I was doing, you know, my, 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 my morning talk spicy podcast. I, um, I, I do it every Monday through Friday. When I, when I first started doing it, it was actually something I did with my class and my, my, my journalism class at the high school that I work at and my class, I said, Hey, we you're going to create a podcast. It can be on whatever it is you want, as long as it's not going to get me fired. <laughs> that's like, a great that's a great rule for pretty much yeah. any situation. Yeah, do whatever it is you want. I want you to be creative. It has to be at least five minutes long. You know, and so they were doing these things and and and, and they were like apprehensive. And I was like, I'll do it with you. I was like, I'll start a podcast and do it specifically for this reason. And so I started doing um you know, I started doing talk spicy as, hey, you know, a little 10, 15, 20 minutes, you know, just kind of talking about sports and whatever and culture and life and whatever, blah, 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 going on. And somewhere around like, I want to say I was probably 25 or 30 episodes in, 
And I was like, man, why am I still doing this thing? You know, it's not really, it's not really doing anything. I don't know what I'm trying to do with it or go with it. it you know, it was fun, but now that you know, student stuff's over. And I didn't do it one day. And I got an I got a um I got a, a direct message from somebody that I know on Twitter, and they were like, Hey, what what happened to the what happened to the spicy talk this morning? Uh oh. Like they always they always screw the name up, by the way. It was like, <laughs> what, what happened? What happened to the spicy talk this morning? I was like, oh, you know, just you know, just didn't do it this morning. It's like, yeah, man, I listen to that. I listen to that every morning. And, and literally, it, there it is. Baby. That's all it took. <laughs> that's all One it person is. actually wants to hear what I have to say. Actually, has value to what I have to say. That's all I need. And I yep. feel like most journalists are like that. But then there's this part of like you know bills. So <laughs> you still have mm-hmm. to pay these bills. And yeah. I think. I think what's what's happened in this space is that with social media, with social media, especially um, social media that that we use more often than not, because it, it works more, it works better with the written form with um, Twitter, maybe some people with their Facebook pages, right? If you funnel stuff through there, definitely with YouTube, if you're into, you know, videos and, but like, it becomes so much about who you are as a person mm-hmm. that people invest in who you are as a person almost more than what you're writing about. Like, especially if you're, if what you're covering is something that they care about anyway. Right. So if you're talking about the bucks, well, okay, there's a built-in fan base that want to hear stuff about the bucks. Yeah. There's so also they, eight other places they can go to get buck stuff too. Absolutely. And so that becomes a thing. If they like you, and they like the Bucks. Okay, well then, I'm gonna see what I'm gonna see what Luke has to say about the Bucks, you know, or I'm gonna see what um what what, what Tom Stroud has to say about the Bucks. I'm gonna see what Jenna Lane has to say about about the Bucks. But what 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 happens a lot of times is as we try to advance up the ladder, you know, gain more following, you can't just do that by putting the workout. You can't just have a yeah. a Twitter page full of links to stories. Yes, yeah, right. Because that doesn't build your viewership. And so you get people who take pictures and post pictures on their summer on the, on their vacations or talk about going out at night and and I'll hear people say stuff like oh, she's just she's just doing that to get eyeballs and I'm like, yeah. Duh. Like, like this is course, Twitter. That's where what where she's do you doing. think you are? Like, <laughs> that's what she's doing because it all works together. Like, I, I hear people talk, and, and and I'm not even trying to, you know, I'm not I'm not even trying to throw shade. I wish that I had the ability to draw attention the same way a beautiful woman has the ability to draw attention. Like, I wish I did. It has nothing to do with them not being talented. Some of the most talented women in the space just happen to be beautiful too. Like, sorry, like, <laughs> like that's not that's not their fault. But they 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 don't need to be. They 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 shouldn't be shunned because of it. But we also can't sit on the other side and act as if that doesn't help in the you know in the way in which they're perceived. Especially like, there's one thing to be, you know, there's one thing to be a beautiful journalists and then people read your stuff and they're like, uh, or people watch you talk on television and they're like, uh, 
or they watch your YouTube videos and they're like, eh. it's another thing to be beautiful and then have an engaging personality and be able to, to speak intelligently about, and, and that's what the space is full of right now. It's just full of these beautiful women who just grew up with sports and they've studied sports at the same level that anybody else has studied sports at, and they sit and talk about it. And there's no reason for us to be amazed that this that this is a thing. My thing is, is appreciate it. Like, yo, we used to have to look at people like me. Now we, you know, giving us giving us the sports. Now we can look at at, at, at beautiful women like Maria Taylor, who are it's intelligent and and gorgeous at the same time and, and fun and opinionated and, and enjoy that for everything that it is as well. But that's what we're, that's the world we're in now. So it's like, you're not just dealing with, you're not just dealing with, Hey, my work has to be better than your work. It's my story has to be something that pulls people in or, um, you know, my, like my life, the things that I do outside has to be something that people will 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 be pulled towards because if not, they'll never see how good my work is. Yeah, and and there's so many different elements to that whole social media, you know, presence in that. And you mentioned specifically like people sharing, you know, when they go on vacation or when they're out getting drinks or when like that part of it. I feel like wh- whether or not there's an impact in you know, viewership or readership because of the way someone looks or something like that. Like, I, I, I understand that aspect of it. But like, I also believe that like people are just living their lives. So like, if, if that person is out and they want to share that on their personal page, like that's their prerogative. I don't know. I don't even know if necessarily I would assume that they're doing it to even increase engagement. Maybe that's a, a nice byproduct for their work, but like, they just also happen to be chilling out that night and wanted to take a, hipster picture of the sunset with their martini like that's fine like whatever that's cool but like that people and we talked about this i think last week when you and i spoke on the phone for a little while is that when when people have the fact that social media has amplified everything that that we just do on a daily basis it used to be like people would just update their facebook statuses about what pop tarts they had that morning and you're like why do i need to know this it's turned into something bigger than that obviously and that everyone has a, a voice when there's, you know, political issues or, or social issues. I mean, everybody has their opinion and it's out there and it's attached to all, like there's so many different ways you could go with that conversation. But I, I do think that, I think you would hope that the readership would do well to understand that the humanity of each individual journalist and, and being able to kind of, I don't know if separate is the right word from the actual work they do, but that that's kind of, I thought what you, you're getting at here is that whole, blurring of the lines between what social media does to journalists versus what it does as a platform for journalism and how those things kind of coexist. Absolutely. It, but, but I think that, that there's what, what social media, what social media does to journalists sometimes is a product of what the journalist wants done to them. Oh, that, and see, I'll speak for that from myself because yeah. I, I communicate a certain way on social media sometimes absolutely to increase, you know, readership or to elicit not necessarily reactions from people, but I do want to know what people think about an issue and I'll ask questions. I'll, I'll do stuff like that all day. I said, I make up jokes. I need people's affirmation, man. I, I need people to think I'm funny. 
Like, so I put stuff <laughs> out there to like be like, man, I hope they like this joke or I hope they like this meme or this tweet that I thought was clever. Like, I want people to like me, <laughs> you know, like plain and simple. I, I have that about me that like I need that that affirmation from other people and that connection. So like I I think about that stuff a lot just personally. So I completely understand that. Yeah, absolutely. But but I think that that's the part, because now what we've seen is it's it's so easy Whereas, whereas it used to be so difficult to get into media, now it's 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 easy. It's it's one hundred percent easy. Start of this, start start recording that. You're in media. There like, it is. There it is. But in order to be in media and actually matter, you need those people's eyeballs to be on you. And so, whereas we have we as 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 journalists as media members have personal accounts right you have to decide and it has to it almost has to be like okay am i going to use my personal account account to boost my professional platform Mm -hmm. because the moment you do that it's no longer a personal account like the moment you blend you blend the line and you start using the personal account to boost the professional, it's no longer a personal account because you've opened up the door for people to criticize you professionally on I your think, personal account. I think honestly, if I were to have an opinion on that, it would almost be that I don't think those lines ever really existed in reality. I think we had a perception that they did, but I don't I don't actually know that there would be a way in today's social media climate just because those accounts exist. If you're going to have a personal account and say, I have a professional account, it's going to be hard for people to see one without the other and not just make that connection in, in general anyway, and how they see me and what they see about my personal beliefs or whatever I might share on a more personal account. It's not like when they go to my professional account, they're going to check that at the door and be like, Oh, this is just whatever. They know me. They know from what I, they know all those things about me from the other side. I don't even know that we could actually in reality, separate those things as much as we might like to. And that's why that's kind of why I feel like I may think the other side of that from you in that while while it may be blending those two things to have to talk about your personal, you know, to have a personal account and then amplify your work on that personal account. I don't I don't even know that that could be separate, I guess, is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I, I think that there's a way I think there's a way because you have you have accounts that are built specifically specifically for the platform that you're on. So like if I had a if I had a gene therapy podcast account. Okay. Then everything that I share would be about about my my podcast or about what I'm writing about would go through that account. I would never then talk anything other than my personal life on my personal account. I might even decide to make my personal account private so right. that only the people that follow me on that personal account would know it. Mm-hmm. But I don't. And the reason I don't is because I don't give a damn. <laughs> I'm not here for I'm not here for whether you like me or 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 hate me. I'm here for you to respect the work. Like right. for me, that's where it is. Like you don't I I, I started doing, you know, I, I coach. And so um, years ago, I wanted to I wanted to do um, a a coaching clinic for youth coaches. Like, mm-hmm. hey, 
all of you come in, we'll all sit down, we'll all talk best practices. I called it X and O's to Joe's because a lot of the times the, the problem is, well, it's not the X's and O's, it's the Jimmy's, Jimmy's and, Joe's. and Joe's. Okay, right. well, everybody can't get the Jimmy's and Joe's, so you better know what the hell you're doing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So my 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 premise was that we have to be better at the actual, you know, at the actual game planning and play calling and play design. Yep. So if you that don't, if you don't, don't have, size, have those guys, you better know angles. <laughs> Absolutely. So that when we don't have those guys, you can still compete. Right. Not even about winning. You just want to be able to compete. And if you ever get those guys, you never get beat. Mm-hmm. Like that's the point. And so you you essentially do what Nick Saban has done. Yeah. You know, and so a lot of times at that point, you only really need one of those guys at that level, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Absolutely. And so, and so what happened was I put this thing together. So many people were talking about they were coming. I had it, bought drinks for people, everything. I wasn't trying to get anything from someone. This wasn't for public consumption. This was just something I wanted to do to get guys together. Nobody showed up. Wow. Nobody showed up, right? And so, like, that morning, I started getting, like, messages from people. Hey, I got this going on. Got that going on. Got this. All the excuses in the world. So I'm with my brother, and I said, hey, I'm going to go and just do my the, the presentations that I was, I was going to do. Just record this for me. Boom. And so he recorded it. He recorded me on the whiteboard going through my tutorials and everything. And I end, I posted them up on, on, on my Facebook page, which at the time was just like there. It wasn't right. even something. Um, I'm not Facebook. Excuse me. I, I posted it on my YouTube page, which was just there. Mm-hmm. And literally in two days, it had like 1,500 like views. And I went, hmm. So people didn't want to come and see me and do this together because then they would have to like maybe give some credit (laughs) to where they got this information from. But when I posted it up and now it's anonymous, like they can just go and look at it Mm. tons and tons of, I don't care. You don't have to give me credit for it. Just take the information. So I started doing that, you know, on a regular basis. I started building the, um, you know, the, the coach Gene Clemens YouTube platform off of that. And, um, a lot of people have seen those videos and it's been, it's been, it's been a great thing to be able to get that information. They don't have to credit me ever with any of it. That's not what it was there for. I just wanted you to have the information. But then what I, what you realize is that on the other hand, when you're trying to use this knowledge that you have in order to get, um, jobs or to, you know, better your, standing or your situation and you right. don't have those you know those numbers or the or the the people who are consistently following you that becomes the issue which is why I've been a lot more conscious about creating things that people want to invest their time in in order to build that part of the platform but I think that also comes from the connections that I make just from who I am when I'm talking to people on mm-hmm. these social media platforms. And quite honestly, like it's, it's an interesting thing because I see it from all sides. Like I 100% agree with you that for some people, like it may be impossible for you and I to put the toothpaste back in the tube, right? But like, that's gone. But is there an opportunity to clean it up? Mm. 
Like it, it won't ever be, it won't ever be a hundred percent business personal or professional personal. Right. But could there be an opportunity where, okay, you know what? This I want this really to just be me and who I am as a person without the the media stuff. And then this is going to be where all the media stuff goes. Right. Like, is there the opportunity to to make that happen? I think I think there is. I think the problem is that it's a slower roll. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a right. slower buildup. Like, you could do it, but having people try to like simultaneously um, support both of your accounts, like, hey, go take a look at what I'm doing personally, but then also take a look at what I'm doing professionally, and you got to go two different places to do it. Right. That's kind of what I was going to say is that my my approach to that and, and usually it comes in a reaction to stick to sports guy. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I'll share, you know, something completely unrelated to my work on my personal Twitter. Right. And somebody be like, you know, that's not why I'm here. So, you know, when when in response to someone who who looks at what I say and they don't like that, it's, you know, whatever, it's political, social. Hell, it could be about food. I like to cook. You know, I like talk about music, movies and stuff like that. So people will be like, I don't I don't want to hear. I just want to hear about the Bucks. That's when I direct them to the DraftWire Twitter account or the Bucks Wire Twitter account. Like if all you want from me is my work, this is where you can find it. This is my work. And that is all I do on my personal page. I will continue to amplify that work, because like you said, for us at this point, the, the toothpaste is out of the tube. I'm not going to waste the small following that I do have by not mm-hmm. using that account to amplify the work that I'm doing. So I will continue to share my work because I want to take advantage of that, that rapport that I have built up with the people who read my work or follow me for other reasons, you know, whatever. So I'm going to continue to do that. And if people don't want me personally, they can go to those Twitter accounts. They can just go get the links if that's what they want. And so that, that's kind of how I've looked at it. And I do think if you're talking more about like if somebody is just starting out or if someone wants to, decide that one way or the other i think like you said it you just got to be aware of what you're of what you're allowing yourself or opening yourself up to you know what i mean so if if you are going to have an account that has all of that together you just got to understand that you're going to have people who don't like that you're going to have people that be like why do you why do you share this type of stuff on here i just want to hear about what you're doing and what you know as long as you understand what you're kind of getting yourself into i think that's really the best you can do if you don't want to have it just cut split you know right down the middle between who you are as a person in that social space and who you are as a as a journalist or whatever yeah no and i think i think for me and probably the same for you like the reason that i do what i do is because it's a part of my life right so like my work being being displayed on my personal accounts are because I want that, like, that's that's the, the stuff that gives me joy. This is the point right. of, of finding the career that you love is so that it doesn't feel, it doesn't always like feel like, oh, my gosh, this is work. Doesn't mean it's yeah. not hard. Doesn't mean it's not tedious. Doesn't mean it doesn't get on your nerves sometimes. But you really enjoy what you're doing. You're going to share that because that's a part of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that there's there's levels to it, though, because... There are people who say things just to just to get response. Sure. And, and you know, that that level of trolling is very lucrative. Um, there are people. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. 
there are people who use their you know their 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 status or their looks or their whatever it might be those physical attributes to 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 draw people in i think it's very interesting because and and i'm not i'm never afraid to tip the tiptoe around these things because like i said i just don't really particularly care if people agree or disagree as long as they understand that where i'm coming from is not somewhere malicious right um when when i think about somebody like um like carrie champion so I don't know if if you feel the same way or if it's the same way in your community, Luke, but I can tell you as a black man, Carrie Champion is like the queen. Like okay. I, every, I, I know I'm aware of who Carrie is. She's she's awesome. She, yeah, she is she's she A, she's an awesome person. Like, let's start there. She's an awesome person. Um, she's 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 she knows her, she knows her stuff. She wasn't just handed anything, like she she worked her way up from the bottom and you know she she reached what people consider to be the highest level and then walked away because it wasn't fulfilling what she wanted to do but it's not lost on me that i see more of carrie champion through her socials now than i ever did like like through her socials now in what what she's doing personally than I ever did when she worked for ESPN. And I think that part of that is because when you don't have that, that giant machine pushing um, from behind to where you're going to be amplified to everybody, regardless, you do have to do some of that work yourself, you know? And, and so the idea like she didn't all of a sudden become less talented because she does she no longer works for ESPN. Um, but it is a, a thing where now, okay, well, let me let me I wanted to say weaponize, but that's not the word I'm looking for. Um, let me use, like you were saying, let me let me use this following that I have in order to continue to have them draw into the things that I'm doing right now, because we know that. Those eyeballs are king when it comes to the when it comes to the cash register. So it's just interesting. It's interesting to me when people talk about these things that they're so they're so afraid to to just say the obvious. Like, hey man, you know, Carrie Champion's really good at her gig, but she's also like ridiculously good looking. <laughs> like, um, so so I, I grew up with I grew up around Channing Tatum. Like okay, yeah, went, Tampa went Catholic. Yeah, well, Gaither High School is where he okay. started at. So I okay. went to Gaither. He went to Gaither. We both went to Ben Hill. Um, played football. Yep. I I live right down the street from there, bro. Yeah, <laughs> right. Decent, I'm right there in Carroll. Decent football player, you know. Transferred to Tampa Catholic. Didn't really hear much about him balling anymore after that, because you know, whatever. Other things, other things. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but you know, we kept we kept um we kept up for a long time i grew up in i grew up around performing arts um i okay. went, I, I was in i was in the chorus and showcases and I, I did acting work and stuff when i was a kid and um my i was a journalism and theater double major in college nice. you know I've, I've lived in those worlds 
This man has never taken an acting class in his entire life. <laughs> why why like, would he? Right. <laughs> so so it's like we can't we can't sit and act as if there's not certain physical attributes that allow you to ascend a lot faster than maybe some others would. Like Channing Tatum's a really good looking dude. Like it's okay for me to sit and admit that if I was sitting in front of a hundred women and it was me and, and, and Luke, I think I'm very good looking. So this is, this is not me. Not I was going to say, you and I have very different. I, there's a reason I'm not on camera right now. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> there's a, there's, there's not a, a, a lack of confidence from me, but there's also like, I can, I can sit back and be comfortable in saying, yo, if there's a hundred women in front of us and, and I'm sitting here and Channing Tatum sitting there, like even before he was ever Channing Tatum, like he was getting a lot of eyes <laughs> in, 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 in junior high and high school. He was getting a lot of eyes after school. When we were just hang out. He was getting a lot of eyes. And so why would, why would, why would he not use that which he was blessed with to help him propel himself forward. So in this, in this world that we live in now, where, you know, it's as much about who you are, it's as much about who the journalist is as it is about what they're talking about. Why would we not expect people to weaponize their, 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 their physical attributes? Well, I mean, it's, it's just a natural thing. Like, it, it just makes sense. The other people who who try to like shun it or deny it, that's cool. But even Mina Kimes is looking is looking um cuter now than she did in the past. Why? She's on TV more. <laughs> like she's got, you've got to be dolled up more. You're on TV more. Like you don't want to be sitting and looking at TV and going, uh, uh. So she, like you could tell there's been effort put in. Like there's not a there's like like I. I I don't know why people feel like it's so passe to talk about. Like this is a part of the world we live in now. We are one step away from what actors and actresses are. The only difference is, is we're still trying to tell truth and it's their job to tell lies. Like it's their job to tell lies. It's supposed to be our job to tell truth. Sometimes we do it. Sometimes, you know, we get it wrong apparently. So who knows? But I think it's a very interesting Part like in my mind, that's what that's why I think about it. It's like, why is it so hard for people to understand that some of these things are done specifically to garner attention, which will then hopefully get me more eyes and more followers to whatever it is I'm doing um, as a product. I think if I were if I were to say something on this particular subject. I would say that from my perspective, what I would at least have tried it, I'm not saying what you're saying is not true and that there aren't people who will take those, those things and be like, ah, oh, this will help me get, you know, a, a brand and expand these things. And so like, I guess from my, from myself, I feel like I, I will try to not assume that intent and unless that person communicated it to me, because just for me, again, especially as a, as a man, I feel like I'm disrespecting, particularly a woman, if I were to say that and feel that way automatically, like, oh, if I see something like, oh, they're just 
trying or it looks like they're trying to do that for Ted. Like I feel disrespectful if I were to respond that way. And part of that is just because from conversations I've had with with many of the women that I know that work particularly in sports media and the reactions they get from doing the most mundane stuff that people think they're trying to get attention for that they're literally just like, I just literally did that. Like I had no, like, that's not what I'm trying to do here. I just put that up there because I thought it was cool or I liked that or, and, and so I, I think for just myself, I try to not automatically assume that there is a, an intent behind that to, to grow a, a, a following or to get more attention or clicks or whatever like that. Every time something like that appears to be so, just because, again, from, from my personal perspective, I feel like I would be being disrespectful in doing that. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And again, I don't there is no disrespect when I say it. I I actually am like, well, that would make sense. Like it just like we we are in the most we're in a field that at one time was so competitive that you were required to take jobs where you work for free. Yeah. Like that's what people 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 ask me all the time. They'd be like, hey man, how'd you get your job? I was like, I just worked for free for 10 years. I just years. worked for free for like <laughs> five, six years, like yeah. straight. Just hey, what do you need me to do? I'm gonna come and work for free. And I'll have th- three other jobs to help pay the bills. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, like it, I mean, I'm still in the situation where I don't I am not a full-time media member. You know, I this isn't all that I do. Why? Because right. it's it's super competitive. And and the space is so sad. It's even more saturated than they than it was. Yeah, it's back not going to get less. It's you, not going to yeah, get less either. Yeah. Back when they used to tell you, "Hey, you can go and 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 apply to work for free at the news station." Yeah, like there, that used to be a thing. Like, hey, we have hundreds of thousands of applications to go and work for free at the news. You remember when the St. Pete Times? Well, because that, that was the, the pipeline. That was the pipeline, Gene. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. When I worked at the Tribune, that was the pipeline. You would have an intern come down from Syracuse or Missouri, and then they would go away for a few months, and then the following year, they'd come back as a full-time employee. Like, that's how it worked. That's that's how it worked. But that that type of of system eliminated so many Mm -hmm. people. Yep, absolutely. Because they could not afford, their their mom and dad couldn't afford to, to pay for them, or they didn't have a significant other that they could live off. They could live off their significant other's salary mm-hmm. until like, right. there's a, a million different reasons why that eliminated people. But, but I'm saying that that's how competitive this space is. Right. So for me to believe that it's a coincidence that, that every Atlanta or Atlanta based news station has the most beautiful anchors in the history of man working there is is just me being short-sighted. So I understand what you're talking about, about not wanting to assume it. My thing is, is that I don't understand why you, why, why people would be, would not use that, would not use those things. Because at the end of the day, most of us didn't just, we didn't do the, 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 um, the rubber stamped Republican way of getting to these positions. We didn't just pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, work hard, and and keep on blah 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 blah. There were some breaks in there, right? And yeah. sometimes those breaks didn't have anything to do with our talent. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not, 
I'm not saying that when when people do those types of things that they're doing them because they're not talented. I'm saying that whatever amplifier you have that you can use to get that message out and draw back in the most people, people are doing. It's why you see the it's why you see the rise in the it, it's why you see the rise in tragedy in tragedy porn. Um, when it comes to writing these stories about people and their hardships growing up, that draft they hate, weekend, draft weekend, that they hate man, talking the about. Draft these weekend people is the worst. absolutely hate talking about that stuff. I know, because they message us all the time, like, "Yo, man, I'm I, I'm tired of talking about this stuff." I'm like, "Yo, <laughs> then stop talking about it." It's the yeah, worst. It's the worst part of the NFL draft every year. It's the most horrible time of the I year. I hate it. <laughs> It's the most horrible time. I should remake that song into a parody about about tragedy porn. But like it's that. It's it's um reporters who who reporters or or, or media people posting about their um issues that they have or that they had with a a, a, a entity or a player or a coach. I remember the the one journalist that that said that um Coach Sanders or Coach Prime just 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 walked away um, from a from the from the interview, and and all you saw was the walk away, but you didn't see the lead no, up. None of the context. You <laughs> didn't see any of the lead up to it, and it's like, yeah, you were trying to get more eyeballs, mm-hmm. and so you tried to get people to feel bad for you. See, it's not just about like the sexy; it's a, it's about the it's about the 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 people who I try gotcha. to get others the fault, like the. To, to feel bad for them and because of that 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 helps them get more you know more viewers or more people to pay attention to them it's the gotcha stuff mm-hmm. you know it's all of those things that that bring the journalist into the story beyond just like so th- so that when you do just tell a story people go that's it <laughs> you know right. like when you just tell a story and there's no you in it or or you're not it's not it's not specifically related to you and your experiences or what you have going on, then it becomes a problem. I want to get you out of here on this because I know we, we've talked about a lot, but <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, we go we, we tend to have a good time, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I would say if, if I could get one more comment in on is, yeah. on 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 women in the media and, and how they kind of either are portrayed or whatever. I think if there is a problem in that, it's that it's not necessarily within what they're doing. It's the fact that we have a system and people making decisions and positions of power to make f- women feel like I have to do that in order to compete. I ha- have to do certain things in order to stand out from this or that, you know, I think that that behind the scenes is the bigger problem necessarily than, than being concerned about whether or not those individual people in the media are trying to use what they have to to kind of get that. I, I feel like they shouldn't be made to feel like they have to do that to compete, if that makes sense. A- absolutely not. Um, I mean, absolutely, yes, you're right. They shouldn't be made to feel like that. Um, they That shouldn't necessarily be the case. But there's a reason why the good-looking, the good-looking male weatherman gets more viewership than the weatherman that looks like... Um, um um what's the it looks like dexter off (laughs) of dexter's laboratory right you know like there's a reason why that that one media 
that one weatherman ends up going from the local affiliate in Punxsutawney to the Pennsylvania affiliate to CNN as the weather person. Sure. It's not because they know how to point at the manufactured green screen better than the other person. It's not that they have better information because they all have the same information. So what is it? Are we afraid to just say, yo, this dude is really good looking and people like looking at him? Right. Yes, we are because we don't want what comes after that. Like we don't want what comes after that. We don't want people to think that we're shallow. We don't want people to think that we're, you know, that, that we have some 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 agenda. That we don't want people to think that we're discrediting that person's ability in the job. And so because we don't want that, we 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 don't say if we feel that way, we won't say what we feel. We'll just let them ride. And then if that happens, is anyone actually better from it? Like if I don't say what I say and then you don't come back with the way you what you said, how sure. do I ever get an idea of what you're t- of what of what you mean or what it means mm-hmm. to you? The only yeah, way for I, me to know is for me to say how I feel so that you can feel comfortable saying what you feel. Right. And that's why, again, this whole our entire conversation, that's the whole point. Right. Is to be able to have that conversation and and, and learn from one another for sure. Absolutely. I, I, I think that the, the interesting part is within our personal accounts as media members, we have our opinions mm-hmm. and the opinions is where things get spicy. Yeah, because. If you're, especially in, in, in a case like yours, where you're a Bucks guy, like that's your job. Like mm-hmm. your job is to make, is to cover the Bucks in whatever, you know, capacity that is to cover it. Your job is to cover the Bucks, but you're also a fan. So, yeah. so like when you're on your personal account and in one, and in one breath, you talk about, man, you know, um, this this xyz person you know he ain't getting it done and then you write something and what you write might it it may not be contradictory or it might be something that is inflammatory towards that person then people just go to your personal comment and go well you're biased because you didn't like that person at all in the first place that's Mm -hmm. kind of what we were talking about you know um, when i spoke to you last week is that becomes the issue of how do we keep our journalistic thought processes and our personal thought process separate when, when it's all being done under the same platforms? Yeah, no, I, I think, I think you're right too. in that it's not, I don't even know if that's avoidable. And that's why, you know, when we had our conversation earlier this week about the Antonio Brown, about his game and then the press conference, right. That that's what kind of spearheaded our conversation. Yeah. I can't, you know, there is obviously I have personal feelings going back to when they signed him about whether or not that was a, a wise decision, not just from a football standpoint. I, I thought it it made it's always made sense from a football standpoint that that's that's easy. Right. There's, you know, it's always made sense why he wanted why why it made sense to bring him into this team. Absolutely. The only question was, was it a wise move based on, you know, some of the off field stuff and some of the stuff that he dealt with with the Steelers and and all kinds of other stuff like that was the only question. So when, when I voiced my personal feelings going back to October of last year about whether or not 
I was happy that the team I've rooted for my whole life signed to this particular player. I voiced those opinions. But then when I go to write about Antonio Brown and he has 10 catches for 101 yards, he's the, when I write the studs and duds of this game, he's number one because he balled out. So, you know, the, the only, the, the flip side of that, which is again, is what you brought up to me is when we have a situation like he had with the reaction in the press conference to, to Jenna Lane's question about the suspension and then his reaction to that becomes its own story. And so now I, I go and write that story. That's where I think, like you said, people will look at, they won't look at the fact that I, I wrote up how well he played. They will look at the fact that I wrote about that press conference and his reaction and say that, you know, that's evidence of bias. That's because you don't like him, you know, from my perspective. And again, that's what I told you last week. I'm just writing both of the things that happened. He balled the hell out and was the most important offensive player in that game. And then he went into the press conference and had a reaction to a, a, what I viewed was a valid question in an unprofessional way. And so I said both of those things because that's that's how what I believed happened. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. But and that's but that's all you it's it's all you can do. Right. And again, like like I said, it's I all understand you can do. that the people who don't think that I was being fair to him in my reaction to that, I I, I understand why. I get it because I, I think they already came into that situation with an understanding of, well, this guy just hates AB, so he's going to crap on him whenever he chance he gets. I understand that there's going to be people that feel that way. I don't necessarily think that that's going to change my approach. I, I still think that I'm going to continue to cover them as best I can in an unbiased way. I can share my personal feelings separately, but I'm not going to do that in an article because I'm just going to do my best to continue to write what actually happened. You know what I mean? So so personally, and because and, this, is, this is good, personally – were you happy or unhappy that AB was a part of a Super Bowl winning team? I, I think I'm ambivalent to the fact that he was part of that, that team winning the Super Like In that context, I don't necessarily have a, 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 a feeling about whether or not he was part of the team. I, I thought that I was worried that something else would happen, that there would be another off-field issue while he was part of the Bucks that would reflect poorly on, on the team, I guess, if that makes sense. Like I, I didn't, that was my concern. It's not that I feel like, Oh, we shouldn't assign him because he's a bad person. And now he won a super bowl and that makes me pissed off because he gets to enjoy that. You know what I mean? Like, that's not what I didn't care. That's not what I have. That's not the kind of way I feel about it. It's not as much. And again, he's, he's going to be a key part of this team down the stretch here. And did I, did I celebrate when my team won the super bowl yesterday? Hell yeah, I did. That was fun. I like they won it in Raymond James Stadium. Come on, man! Like that was oh, yeah. a blast. I, was, I wasn't, I wasn't sitting there thinking when he caught that touchdown at the end of the half. Like, damn it, that was AB. Man, <laughs> that didn't piss me. Like, I, it's not like that. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's a philosophical. Like, man, I don't know if this makes me feel comfortable, and, and I and I make may worry about it rearing its head later if there's some other issue. But like. Outside of that, like it doesn't impact me in the moment like that to where I'm like, oh, man, I wish it was anybody else but him. Like I just can't, you know, because, again, that's when I feel like I'm getting into a point where I'm not offering, you know, grace and space to another person who maybe is trying to get his life together and is maybe is trying to to respond to some of the things he's done by changing his behavior and changing his way. And again, I'm not close to him. When Tom Brady comes out and says things about, hey, this man lived in my house and this is the kind of stuff we're trying to deal with and trying to work with. And Bruce Arians, who knows him and works with him and has been vocal in the past about not wanting to play with him again, when he changes his mind, and sure, obviously everybody's going to point to the fact that that's all football related and that's, that's very possible. But I don't know the man. So 
when the people around him who do know him say, hey, this is a person who's trying to get his life together, trying to make decisions, better decisions. Like I'm who am I to do anything but take that as as face value if that's what somebody is trying to do. So in those moments when he's scoring touchdowns and, and they're winning, like I'm not sitting here pissed off because somebody I don't like is, is making my team good. Like, I just don't, that's not how I do it. You know? No, I, I, I understand what you're saying. It, it makes perfect sense. Um, but like to, and and I just wanted to go off on it. Cause I knew you. Were, no, I knew that's you fine. No, that's kind of what, that's kind of um, what got the whole thing going. That's good. But, but the, but the, but the thing I, but the thing I point to though, right. And here is where, here is where we become part of the story because the story you reported is AB blows up at reporter. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So now the reporter is a part of the story mm-hmm. where maybe in the past reporter would not have been a part of the story. Right. Because of the way in which this whole, you know, this whole thing works now. Like her, because she, because she has a, a, a name that's known, especially in the Tampa Bay area, for the work she's done and, 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 and how she's, she's been able to um, carve that, carve that space out. Um, it, it becomes like a, it really becomes a story where it, there could have been other stories off that story because that's the type of sensation, not sensationalism, but that's the type of um, almost that pseudo tabloid, type of 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 journalism that we could easily fall into because we know that those types of stories are going to get eyes i mean i guess the the other side of that that i would ask is that how how what would have been the a way to to cover that what happened in that press conference or at least i guess i would ask you do you believe it was newsworthy on its own i don't you don't believe his reaction to that question was newsworthy in the slightest no not really. Okay. All right. And and, and the reason why is is, is it and, and and again if I'm being completely transparent, do people care about that, or do they just care about the 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 performance of the football team? If people really care about it, because because they they only care sometimes. Like mm-hmm. we, they only seem to only care every once in a while. It just all depends, and it's not consistent, you know. Um, the the do they care about it versus does it help? Does it help bring more understanding to a story? If it brings more understanding to a story, then it's newsworthy. I don't know what uh, what further understanding it brings, unless somebody's going to show me the story where that question. And then his response to that question gave us insight into something that had to do with the ultimate goal, which is to talk about the football team and the people okay. that are involved. So right. I, I don't I hear know, that. like, like that's, but that's me and where I go with, with what now, if, is it a story in the sense of this is yet, if I'm a person that's been on the ABB and I've been, looking at all of the things that have happened to AB while he's been a professional football player, this is yet another thing that I can point to if that's the angle that I'm taking. But if my angle is just, Hey, this is sports, this is football. 
that to me isn't a headline. That's just something out there. Like, like I, I grew up in worlds where there were there were arguments with reporters and players that never <laughs> right that never saw the light of day. Now, anytime there's an argument between a reporter and a player, anytime there's a disagreement, anytime there's a oh well, you know, I feel this way and they feel that way, the reporters take it upon themselves to make sure that it's public. And to me, it's like, okay, you can do that. But understand that underneath the guise of what I learned in community journalism, you're not endearing yourself to be able to make connections that are going to allow you to get information that you may need down the road. No, that, so makes, that's that just, makes sense. I, yeah, that's just that, for me. Like I'm, I would have probably been of the, I would have probably been of the mind of if he, if not even if to not ask the question, because if you want to ask the question, you want to ask the question. I don't particularly like the way the question was shaped just because of the, just because of what I know about about BA as a coach. I don't particularly think that he's a oh my god, we've got to stand behind this guy type of dude. He doesn't even try to act as if he's a oh my god, we got to stand behind this guy type of dude. He's a brass tacks kind of guy. So like the way in which the question was shaped, I had an issue with, but not enough issue that it shouldn't be asked. But you ask a question, you get a response. If the response isn't a response that you like, does it automatically make that response newsworthy? I don't I don't know if it's the fact that it was a response we we I say as the media necessarily didn't like. I think it's one that when First of all, like I said, when we spoke on the phone, we we addressed the fact that this is the first time that AB was available to the media after the suspension, right? He came back on Absolutely. Monday and nobody got to talk to him until after the game, which is the first problem, right? When usually when somebody comes back to something like that, you get a chance to talk to them earlier in the week. Chance. And again, yeah. we have no open locker rooms because of COVID. We don't have those opportunities like we used to have on a daily basis, right? We get who the team gives us and that's it. That's all we get. So, so in having to have that be the first opportunity that anybody gets to ask him about the suspension at all. Terrible timing, right? My dude just yep. went out and balled out was, was a huge reason why you just won the game. The last thing he wants to talk about is the suspension and things that to his, in his opinion, aren't relevant at that point. Unfortunately, again, going back to the fact that I, my job is to cover the bucks. Jenna's job is to cover the bucks. And I think just as much a part of covering the bucks as covering the offensive line, giving away Thanksgiving turkeys or who's wearing what cleats for my cleats, my cause. All of that is Bucks stuff. That's Bucks related. We're going to write about all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So when Antonio Brown gets suspended, we write about that because it does have an impact on the football team, but because it's somebody who plays for the Bucks who something significant happened. And I think when, when a Bucks receiver is asked for the first time about his suspension, no matter what AB said, we were going to write a story about it. Because we, whatever his reaction was, right? Whatever, if he says, well, absolutely. I, can, I, can I push back a little bit on that? Sure, absolutely. Because I don't think, if A.B. had said, oh my gosh, man, you know, B.A. was a lifesaver, him being able to stand up for me like that. I don't think that several people that are that are writing for Buck, writing Buccaneers, immediately take the Twitter to post that up. Oh, no, no, no. D- very different, I think the reaction would have been different in that 
you don't have this immediate response to it. I think because, again, that's what to me communicates that it was something newsworthy because it was something where people felt compelled, like, wow, that was a very surprising, we did not expect that reaction to that question. And that made it newsworthy because it was something that wasn't just like, hey, that happened, you know, I'm sorry, or, or even like, that's in the past, I'd prefer not to. It became very quickly, you know, this whole thing about how the media, like he, he went off on this thing about the media as, as a response to that. And that's what I feel like made it into the story is that he decided to come at the media and did like attack and discredit the media for his, co- again, whether or not I did agree or disagree with his opinion of the, his coverage of him, obviously if, from his perspective, I can understand why he believes that, but his, his response to that question was either going to be an article about, you know, how he, you know, disagreed with the suspension or just, you know, would prefer to move on and not talk about it. Instead, the story was about his comments about the media and how he spoke, because that's what he said. That's what he decided to say. So that's what we wrote, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I'm saying I'm just I just don't believe that if he had said if he had gone the polar opposite of that and went, Mm -hmm. hey, you know, B.A. being here for me and, you know, thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to, to 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 sing B.A.'s praises. Um, I really do appreciate it. He's been here for me. I don't think that makes Twitter immediately following the the comments. Like, I, I think that that might it might show up in a story. It might be a line in the story somewhere. I don't think that all of a sudden, and I don't know for certain. Maybe it does, and maybe one of you or a couple of you do it. But it wouldn't have been the 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 barrage of of people who all of a sudden all came at that exact same thing with the almost the exact same tweet at pretty much the exact same time. Like, I don't know if that would have hit the same way. It was almost as if like, even though like we spoke, we know it's not, but like, if you were looking for the outside, you're like, man, was this a coordinated strike on Antonio Brown right here? Like the way they all just went boom, 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 boom. You know, like I, I, I don't think that would have been the same if it would have been a positive thing, as opposed to it being negative. And then when you add in the fact that it was direct, well, it was a, it was a direct response to um, Jenna's question: Was it really an attack of Jenna, or was it an attack of, or was it even an attack? But was it a an him him acknowledging what he disliked about media as a whole but in the in the moments of how it was how it was disseminated it was almost like it was an attack against jenna and i don't know if i would necessarily agree with that although i thought that there was really no reason for him to react that way like there was really no legitimate reason for him even if he felt that way it he doesn't have the same governor that we have, apparently, when it comes to like what you're going to do in order to like keep from causing more issues when you've already been in issues. He he doesn't seem to have that that regulator in his in his head that tells him, you know what, I'm just not even going to say anything because <laughs> what I'm going to say is probably going to cause more more harm than good, but. I think that that's a part of how we all get kind of woven into the story 
where it becomes a it, where it's a blurred line of whether we're operating as a part of the story as or as the person that is giving the story. Maybe it's more like a first person account, you know, of, of things that that you see media members having to do now, playing this kind of role of I was there, so now I'm like um first person limited, you know, um that type of thing since we were talking about you were talking about writing um earlier. Yeah, I, I completely understand what you're saying. And and again, I, I the only reason that I felt like what he said was newsworthy was again when when it felt like he was taking a situation where where he made a choice with whatever with the COVID cars or whatever. It resulted in the suspension. Now he's back from the suspension. We ask him about the suspension, and his reaction to that is to be upset that we want to talk about it or write about it or whatever. Like it feels like 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 we didn't want to sit like we don't want to have to ask these questions. We don't want to talk about these. We want to talk about the game. We want to talk about these things. We would prefer, and this is kind of what like those of us when he signed were concerned about what might happen that would take attention away from the football field, right? Like what, what might happen that would overshadow what he does on the field. Like that was part of the conversation. So the fact that it seemed like he was blaming the media for something that he created just felt frustrating, I think, to a lot of us. And I think, you know, there's other elements to it. Like you said, the fact that, you know, maybe it felt personal on behalf of us because he, you know, interrupted Jenna and because you know we know her personally like maybe there's an element to that as well in terms of what we tweeted and how we approached it on Twitter I think there was a difference between how that was done and how the actual stories themselves were written but that's what that's what you're getting at right is that that line between how can people tell right what's the difference between me me sharing my feelings as as Jenna's friend as someone who covers the team who was not thrilled when they signed Antonio Brown and sharing my personal feelings in that way versus what I actually wrote for Buckswire, which is, this is what happened. Here are the quotes. Have fun. Like, you know, what, that's kind of yeah. how I, how I see it. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a, that's difficult. I'm not even sitting here and saying it's easy. That's a difficult line. I feel a certain way about, about the way in which um, black quarterbacks are, are evaluated and written about. Oh, sure. This goes I back hear, to the conversation you and I had. You and I had yeah, this conversation. I hear language last year. all the time, and it is it is it is like annoying. And I have to actually make sure that I don't overcompensate by speaking poorly about white quarterbacks who might be struggling just because of the way in which black quarterbacks are covered. Mm-hmm. So if you if you hear the stuff that I say all the time, it's hey, I just want it to be consistent. If sure. you say that this person is, you know, X, Y, Z, A, B, C, then this person comes along and then you you change the entire narrative for that person. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to respond very favorably to that. Right. You know, like that's that's my issue. I never try to to or 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 the idea that Davis Mills, the <laughs> idea that Davis Mills ha- has done enough. In, in in his in the three games that he ha- he's had that's been good right to show that Houston should like you know go into next year seeing what this guy is as a starter yeah and compare yeah, that he, to what we're hearing about Tua and Jalen Hurts and Jalen Hurts especially <laughs> about Jalen Hurts because at least like Tua's given some reason 
because of injuries. Right, even just because of the injuries, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? But Jalen Hurts has walked in, walked in and has balled out and done what he's been asked to do. Yep. So on the days where Jalen Hurts didn't throw the ball as much, they went, oh, well, he's a liability. And then you see Matt Jones throw the ball three times. <laughs> and people go, well, that's what he was asked to do. Okay, come on, people. Like, what are yep. you talking about? So yep. then I have to be careful to not just say that Matt Jones is a bum because of how I feel about the way in which sure. Jalen Hurts has been treated. However, I don't think Matt Jones is like the greatest quarterback ever. I think he's a manager. I don't think he's Tom Brady 2.0, you know, and I think that Jalen Hurts is going to be a good quarterback. Do I think he's going to be a mega star? Like, is he Deshaun Watson? No, but he's Deshaun Watson like, right? Yeah. And that's a dang good quarterback. Yeah, He can have the same kind of impact. He can have the same type of impact. He can be, he can be the same type of quarterback as Josh Allen. He just yeah. doesn't have Josh Allen's arm. Like, right. well, nobody Kyle, has Josh Allen's I was going to say, Kyle Bowler had a great arm, too. That doesn't always matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean, like, when you when you put that stuff together, like, you just – we just have to be careful that we understand when we've inserted ourselves into a story mm-hmm. and how it's going to be perceived. People, people will when I when I type when I when I post stuff, people go, "Oh, I see you have an agenda." My immediate response is, "You damn right I do." Yeah, like, well, I don't understand. I thought sorry, I made it sorry. clear. Sorry, did I make did I make not, did I not make that clear enough? <laughs> yeah, I thought I made it clear, but if I haven't made it clear, allow me to tell you what the agenda is again. You know, and so it's like, just because you might think I have this one agenda that you're trying to come up with out of the blue. Mm-hmm. If I'm telling you this is what my agenda is, you should at least believe it because I'm not I'm not mincing words about it. And right. I don't particularly care if someone likes it or not. That's my agenda. But that's where me personally is, has jumped into journalism, where I as a journalist have to answer questions when I say stuff about people because of how I've shaped it. I've shaped the yeah. narrative around, you know, yep. that's for and sure. I have I have to be willing to, to take them. Man, listen. Like when I when I when when I was early on telling people that Baker Mayfield was was a was a more buttoned up Johnny Manziel, <laughs> and, and 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 that I thought Johnny Manziel actually had more natural gifts than Baker Mayfield. Oh my gosh! Oh, set, it you, on, set it on fire. <laughs> you said that you said that Trayvon Boykin was better than better than better than him. Well, he is. Like, <laughs> but I had to take it because. Right. Baker had a really good had a really good rookie year, you know. Then he had a uh, sophomore year. Then he had a, a good junior year, and now year four, he's 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 what he is, you know. Right. And, and so, this, like, see, this bothers me with the draft takes though, because obviously, you know, we both been doing that in that space for a long time. But like, we hit or miss just like the teams do. Yeah, like we, I, I, I have, like to think I'm better than the team. Just for the record, I would like to assume so. But like, like I thought, I like my resume. I was like, them. I would take, I would take Lamar Jackson number one that year. I said that. I also said that Josh Allen was like a third round pick. So like, I have to take both of those. Lamar Jackson has lived up to my expectations. Josh Allen looked like I thought he would as a rookie, but has made me look like an idiot since then. I, that's fine with me. I'm and, cool and, with and that's that. That's cool. But see, here's the thing. <laughs> 
Josh Allen, if you said Josh Allen is a third round pick, guess what? You're right. Because third round picks should be starters in the NFL. Yeah. And That's he had what, work to do. He, he had, had work, work to, do. to do. He worked on it. It's and better. he got good. You can still see some of the dumb stuff that he does and the YOLO balls that he throws out there, but yep. he's really, really good. And 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 so we have to like I was like, I don't even understand why you're why you're trying to like waste waste a first round pick on Josh Allen. Guess what? you you got me. You know, I mean, like, I was I'm a Bucks fan, so I was happy they were able to because they traded the Bucks two second round picks and they still got Vita Vea. So yeah. I was happy about that yeah. trade. And I was and I was excited to get Vita Vea. I was excited. And I, they got I, Carlton. They got Carlton and um somebody else with that other second. So they got they got they he, made they, out. Yeah, they, they I think did they get I think it was MJ Stewart. D- I think it was, I was about to say they got two DBs in that. It was MJ yeah. Stewart, but they got uh Jordan Whitehead later in that same Whitehead, draft. Whitehead, same fourth. draft. Yeah. Yep. They they but but that's the thing. It's like, okay, I um they took a I, chance. <laughs> I, I'm I'm okay with that. Like if you say that this is what you're gonna do, then cool, do it me as a me as a person i'm telling you what i believe me as a this is my job in the space i'm telling you what i believe right. so it's like if i say hey you know i don't like last year i said i don't particularly think that trevor lawrence is a generational talent i think that he's been hyped up by the fact that he's followed some good quarterbacks or some legendary, a legendary quarterback, and he's won early. But every time he's had that big game in the playoffs, he's come up short versus the those other guys that he played. I said that that makes a difference to me. I was like, he's got all the talent in the world, but he's still the same dude he was as a sophomore. Oh, murder! Kill you! Kill you! <laughs> right. And, and and so it's like at this point now. You don't even feel I don't it's not like I feel comfortable going, oh well I was right. Because every but but I'm but I am a little a little a little peeved that everybody just blames they just blame it on the coach. And I'm like, but quarterback play has never been a problem for that coach. Anywhere he's ever been. Quarterback mm. play has never been the issue. Like quarterbacks walk under Urban Meyer and immediately they're good. So this quarterback, who's a generational talent, can't seem to find success, and it's all this guy's fault. Like, I don't like the dude. You, you know, I think he's an a-hole, but you can't tell me he's not a good coach. Like, where did you get that from? So, like, but it's but it's those types of things. Is is now because I've said what I said. Anytime that I say something negative, yeah, it's, yeah I see what you're saying. Yeah, you know, it's it's taken as oh well. You didn't you didn't like him anyway, so blah 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 blah. That's not yep. what I said. I said this, you know, and so it, we we constantly have to defend what we're what we're what we're putting out there from a personal and a professional standpoint, because even when we think, you know, people aren't paying attention because Twitter they say that that it takes what seven seconds for your for your um tweet to get lost. Right. Yeah, I mean. So like you, we think people may not have gotten onto it, but they definitely do, and they and they and they're looking for a reason to call us out on it. I Every had somebody time. screenshot, um, or screen grab a video that that Emory Hunt and I did for um his show for HBCU Countdown about the the Celebration Bowl because we said that Jackson State was going to blow out South Carolina State, and I'm like, well, sorry, but 
if they played tomorrow, I would make the same prediction. Like South Carolina right, yeah. State was a 500 team this year. What are you talking yeah, about? Well, <laughs> so, yeah, and a it, lot of people, a lot of people thought the, the Cardinals were probably going to beat the Lions. Yeah, most people did. It and, happens, and, and, <laughs> and most of them laid serious money on it. They were really upset at the Cardinals after yeah, that. <laughs> absolutely. No, it's been it's been great, man. Um, we could we could talk all day, Luke. I really do appreciate you joining me. Um, Luke Easterling. Um, give everybody all of your your social where they can find you, where they can where they can find your work at. Yeah, you know, I told you, I I, I have to be liked by people. I gotta find, I gotta build that brand, right? So, we gotta get it, gotta get it out there. I'm I'm pretty simple on Twitter. It's just at Luke Easterling. Uh, if you if you like Buck stuff, Buckswire.usatoday.com, Draftwire.usatoday.com. If you like draft stuff. Um, but that's it, man. Absolutely. And again, ladies and gentlemen, I thank you for joining me. Gene Therapy, episode four. We are the story. Um, please make sure that you are checking out CWN Sports and, and checking out the column, checking out the podcast. Um, like and subscribe wherever you find your podcast at. You can follow me on um, any social media at Gene Clemens. Um, that is G-E-N-E, not J-E-A-N. For the, you people who um, are wondering why you can't find me. It's, it's Jean, right? It's French. Yes, yes, it's French for it's French for um not Eugene. <laughs> and and make sure you follow the YouTube channel um Coach Gene Clemens if you like to nerd out on, on football and pretty much any sport that's um that's around. Um I'm gonna be starting doing some cricket breakdowns because what's going on so in the wait, England wait is if, crazy. if you're Eugene, if you're Eugene, can I be me, Gene? Yeah, you can. You can Eugene and me, Gene. Yeah, you can. You can. Eugene and me, Gene. And you can take the, all the Eugenes <laughs> with you as well. It's, I, I, I've never liked that name. Every time someone refers to me as Eugene, I just, I, I go, ugh, because it's not my name. It doesn't even sound, I know it might sound crazy to you, but it doesn't even sound like my name. What's funny is that people will jokingly call me Lucas, and that is not my name. Uh, my yeah. name is just Luke. That's not, yeah. If you, next time somebody calls you Eugene, you'd be like, yes, me, Gene, you, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> See what they do. I, I like it. I like it. Again, <laughs> I appreciate it, Luke. For episode four, this has been Coach Gene Clemens. Y'all have a fantastic day. Happy New Year.